you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so happy to have you join me again, once again, with 100 countries listening to the show every single week. I love it. I love hearing from you. And as you all know, and for those of you who are listening for the first time, this show is about empowering you. It's about educating you, empowering you, entertaining you, and inspiring you so you can live a fearlessly authentic life. Because in my opinion, what's the sense of this life if we're not being fearless and authentic? And I know so many of us struggle with that fear and that authenticity. Trust me, I struggle with it at times myself. I am not completely fearlessly authentic, which is why I love having the show because I was always such a scaredy cat my whole life until I took one big risk and then they just become easier and easier. So welcome, welcome. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I love getting more followers. And please always leave a review. It's just so nice. So other people know what they can expect from the show. Um, And a few things before we start, I wanted to remind you about something I talk about every single week. Um, About a year and a half ago when I turned, oh my goodness, 60, um, I am now 61. um, I started a plant-based diet and I had no idea how to do it. So I went to a company that does it better than anybody else. It's called Sakara. That's S-A-K-A-R-A. And they create meals that can be delivered to your home. They have other products as well, like a metabolism powder. Um, But it really changed the way I felt in my body. Um, Being in the fitness industry for so long, I always took in a lot of protein. And my my guest and I are going to talk about that a little bit. Um, And But, you know, everything changes when you get older. But at any point, you can start with a plant-based diet. Try introducing it. So I have a code, XOJODY. So when you order for the first time, you can get 20% off of that. So go to sakara.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A.com. And put in the code XOJODY and get 20% off your first purchase. And that is it. And now to my guest. I am so excited to have you here. Chris Nappy, welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) all those big arms tatted up chris is super super fit it is ridiculous he makes me look like i've never lifted a dumbbell in my life and Um, i've been doing it for a long time am i making you blush no a little bit honestly (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it so chris i found chris on tiktok because i was searching for a man who could give advice to women about dating. There's plenty of women giving advice to women about dating, but I like the fact that you give advice to women. And I just want to read a little bit about you um, and then we'll get into your background and so on. Um, Chris is a creator, entertainer, and podcaster whose content focuses on dating and human relationships. Chris is bold, that's for sure, and forcefully authentic. His out-of-the-pocket style is coupled with highly intentional and thought-provoking observations that really make you rethink how you view yourself and the world around you. 
His goal is to provide people with the tools to carry themselves with an elevated level of self-respect and create genuine and fulfilling relationships. My, my God, I love, love, love that. I know we've talked on the phone before, but I want the audience to know, like, what is your background? How did you get to this point? So let's go back to before you became confidence, Chris, what were you doing in your life? So this was actually probably like pre-pandemic. I, I've actually like pretty much born a corporate baby. I, I was doing management consulting work for a, a really large world-class like consulting firm. So, I saw that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was cool because I really had it made. And I used to tell my mom that too. I'd be like, man, this is it. If I stay in this job for another 10, 15 years, I'm good to go. Like I'll, you know, I'll make millions or, or do whatever. Um, but really it wasn't truly my calling. And I knew there was something more for me. I knew I wanted to be kind of an entertainer and kind of just like a thought leader of some sort. I just didn't really understand or know what my outlet was. Um, and then I pretty much just started posting a little bit on YouTube and then TikTok kind of blew up. So I was like, you know what, let me try this TikTok thing. And uh, I just started posting every single day about like two years ago and everything just kind of took off from there and everything just kind of evolved. I, I actually just left my job back in November. So um, very quick, fun journey for me. Yeah. I mean, like talk about being fearless. Were you were you scared, like leaving well, I, that that job, that income and so on? I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in the scared right now, you know, every day, <laughs> every day is scary. Um, it's really hard to like stay grounded and stay present. Right. You know, yeah. it's very difficult for me to even have like vacation days or days off, you know, even on the weekends. I mean, I, I record two podcasts a week. I record on Fridays and Sundays. I really don't have time off. Um, and it's pretty much just seven days a week at this point, but I mean, it's, it's been, it's been crazy. Like, honestly, it really is hard. I, I'm at the point where it is a weird, like, okay, I might be living on credit a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm making some income, but right. I'm telling you probably half of what I was making in my corporate job. So it is really scary. You know, obviously it wasn't about the money for me. It was really just more about the freedom. And, and that's what I've always, I think, wanted, um, you know, by leaving the corporate world, I guess, in general was to be able to just do what I wanted to do. Um, and it's just really cool. Yeah. Maybe I don't have the money that I did when I was there, but it will come. And I just trust that, you know, if I put the time in and the effort, everything's going to work out. And, uh, you know, obviously it's just really nice to be able to just say, I, I am an entrepreneur. I am able to just do it on my own, at least for now. It's interesting. It totally is. And a lot of people, your age, um, are, are leaving corporate jobs. You're like in your late twenties or something like that, right? Yeah. 29, yeah, 29, right. When's the big three Oh, Oh man. November. Oh, okay. All right. You have time. No, I don't even want to talk about that. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Push it off. I'm just like, all right. 30s are an interesting, it's an interesting decade. I will tell you that, you know, because yeah. Um, But it, and I applaud you for saying, you know, this isn't for me anymore. And so many people stay where they are because A, they're scared to take that big risk um, afraid and not trusting themselves enough that they could a be happy because all the money in the world. And I know so many people have said this, all the money in the world does not make you happy. Okay. I've been there. It sounds like you've been there. It doesn't make you happy, but it sounds like, you know, what you were looking for was fulfillment and you like to entertain. So betting on yourself, you knew, okay, the money will come, but right now, I'm kind of honing my craft and figuring out where I fall in, in like my life and in the world and what I could offer. 
Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. I think um, it is really hard to take that leap, right? Like I wanted yeah. to probably leave my job probably a year and a half before, to be honest, I have a, a TikTok. If you scroll way back, you know, I think I was about three or four months in probably had a couple hundred thousand followers at the time. And I called my mom and I recorded it. And I was like, mom, it's like, I'm leaving my job. I just quit. So I'm, I'm going to TikTok. She's like, Chris, like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? She's freaking out. And it's just so funny. Cause like, honestly, I, I kind of needed to have this little period where I was kind of doing both for a very long time. So, you know, and, and here's the thing too, about that. Like, we do always think the grass is green on the other side, right? Like, oh my God, being an entrepreneur is so great. But I'll tell you right now, like I, I really it's like hard. working probably two times as hard than I was at my job. And, and trust me, I didn't have an easy job by any means. I mean, 50, 60 hour weeks, a lot of the time. But now, I mean, what's nice is like, now it's like, okay, it's on your time, but oh my gosh, what a huge difference. You have to be so disciplined and, and the time management is on another level. When you have that structure with a job, yes. it's so different. It's just so yes. Right. I mean, I own a fitness studio and so that gives me a little bit of structure, but I remember when I opened it like 11, 12 years ago, I'm like, oh, I have to create structure, you yeah. know, and, and you do, you really, you really have to create that structure every single day. No. And I noticed in one of your, your videos, your whiteboard. Yes. I have one of those too. I think most content creators do. Um, I guess we're content creators. Um, have a blue, have that, that whiteboard because you've got to write down every single thought and figure out where you're going to put it. So, which leads me to, um, so you're in corporate America, you're in like kind of the finance area. It seems like that's where uh, you were. So, um, uh, helping with like large scale it implementations, really boring, nerdy shit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. God, such crazy a difference. Like right now, it's like, I mean, when I was working and I was doing the TikTok, it's like I was going to work. I was helping out these like 60-year-old VPs of like CVS. You know what I mean? And then I'm coming outside and I'm doing TikToks to like 20-year-olds about their dating life. It was just like the weirdest mixture of things that like I was doing. And I'm also doing like, you know, comedy and entertainment at the same time. It's like I wear all these like little different hats. You know what I mean? These people at work didn't even know I had tattoos. I had to wear like full sleeves every day to work right. so that no one knew that I had tattoos. Was it against the rule? Um, it's not against the rule, but in consulting, generally, it's more of a uh, buttoned up type of job. And honestly, it's funny because, I mean, it's not really against the rules. Like, at some, I mean, my coworkers knew, but a lot of the times the clients didn't know. Right. So I, when I showed up to the client, you know, I, it would just be like, you know, full sleeves. They wouldn't really know unless they somehow found me on uh, social TikTok. media. <laughs> yeah. Or TikTok. Exactly. But, you know, once I left in November, I was like, you know what? I'm tattooing my hand. Go. I was just like, you know, that's just me not going back. Wow. That was really a commitment to put it on your hand and go, that's it. Done, done, yeah. done, done. So what made you, how did you grow up? Do you have sisters? How did you, what made you think that you can talk about relationships? Okay. So I grew up in New York. Um, so I'm a city boy. Um, I have one brother who's 11 months older than me. So we're very, very like close in age. Um, my parents, um, they got divorced when I was a little kid. I mean, honestly, I, they had a lot of troubles. My, my parents actually are no contact. So okay. zero, like zero talking, whatever. Um, so it was definitely kind of weird. And I grew up with a really, really dope strong, independent woman. My mom is like my rock. This woman is Yay. amazing. Like 
she's made she start from the bottom and now she's she's there so i feel like my work ethic and a lot of the things i've learned about life really have stemmed from and come from her um but then also i think a lot of the things when it comes to like dating and relationships and this is just going to sound really weird but you know when i was in high school i mean i definitely wasn't like the best looking kid i definitely wasn't like um you know the person that was getting all the girls and whatever and i think for a really long time I had to try to get girls or talk to women or, you know, do whatever just based on like personality or just based on like observations. And then I always just became for some reason, the go-to guy for people to like talk about the relationship issues. I think I was a a big friend's friend. And, And what I mean by that is, is like, I didn't really care about relationships when I was like kind of growing up. It was really more about just like me being a good friend to the people around me. So a lot of the times it was me just kind of hearing and observing what was going on in the world around me. So it was less about even my own experience at the time and more about just hearing it from so many different people. And, and it's really, it relates a lot to consulting because that's essentially what we do as a consultant is you have all this knowledge from all of the businesses that you touch and you bring it onto each new client that you go to. And it's kind of the same thing with my dating. It's like, I've heard so many different stories from so many different people and my own personal experiences, of course. Right. And it just started to evolve in terms of like, I just started hearing the patterns and knowing what was going on. I just kind of developed this like really, really keen sense for what people are looking for and people's intentions behind their communications and emotions. Isn't that interesting? I love that. So you were like the buddy that everybody went to. The girls came to you and go, Chris, I don't know what to do with this guy. Or your guy friends came and complained about or just talked about girl stuff. Yeah. You know, it's um, and then you're like, wait a minute, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. I gave her this advice. It worked. And exactly. they And that's where you felt like, oh, I might have something here. Exactly. And I don't know what it is, but I just feel like for some reason I have uh, just a weird natural talent. Like, for instance, when when I'm in consulting, I was actually the only person from Arizona State uh, in my consulting firm. Everybody else, Stanford, you know, UCLA, all these like big time schools. And you had this, you know, ragtag kid with tattoos like doing this job, but what made me so good compared to some of the other people, maybe I didn't have the book smarts like other people, but I have people smarts. I am so good when it comes to knowing what people want and what they want to hear. And I think, I don't know what it is though. Maybe it's a God given gift. I don't even necessarily believe in God, but it's a God given gift to just be able to understand when two people are talking or when somebody walks through a room, I know exactly what they want, what they're looking for and all that kind of things. I, I don't know where it came from. No, it's, it's street smart. It's probably something you were born with. You know, I don't think everybody has that people smarts or street smarts. And that's what makes you a good business person too. And a great people person. And I'm sure that you are a good listener also, especially if your friends were coming to you that insult and in consulting, you have to listen, but then you like add on, okay, well, this worked for this person. So I'm going to add that on and add that on. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you go ahead? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it's funny because when people think of like um, a consultant or like a lawyer, for instance, right? They just assume that, you know, that they hire this person, this person knows everything, right? And that's not really the truth. The truth is it's like, these people are just good at hearing a problem, asking the right questions, getting down to the root of it and solving the problem with their resources. And that's pretty much what it is. I think what the dating things are too. It's like, And then again, you just develop a a background behind it. Sorry, I don't know why I just uh, cut you off. No, I mean, I think that's really important because a lot of people on TikTok Mm. and on social media, you know, aren't 
they didn't go to school for this. No. But this is this is what I think is so fascinating about TikTok in particular is that there are people talking about things and giving advice that people are following because it's not about the textbook. It's about real life crap. It's real life. And that's what people need more than ever all the time. Not, not after the pandemic. It's for always. People want to know the real shit. They don't want to, they don't want to BS. They don't want a stupid answer. They don't want an answer that's going to take them 16 weeks with a coach. They just want to know, how do I deal with this? How do I, for example, be more confident with, with men or with another woman or in my relationships? And I'm, and that, that confidence and tell me if I'm wrong, like if you're confident in your relationships, it, it leads to confidence in work and leads to confidence in other places. I'm sure you've seen that with your, with your, the clients that you coach, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. I think the reason that I, I think I love dating so much is that when I think about the root of anybody's problems, whenever I hear somebody's having anxiety, I just already know as soon as I start talking to you, if you're having anxiety, you're not feeling good about something. I could almost 99% assume that it's about some, the partner you're talking to or something wow. that's going on in your dating life. Wow. More you know, Work is something, right? We're all like, yeah. oh, you know, work sucks. But when, you know, you're, you're losing love or something like that, that is the worst thing you could probably go through rather than just, you know, losing your job. Like, yeah, that sucks for like a week, but sometimes like heartbreak is like, months to years. It's just a different set of anxiety that comes with all of that. So when you do have that confidence in it, like you said, it's, it's just different, right? You're rolling. You know, I always say, if you take care of, um, I had this one coworker who was amazing at his job, but he just always struggling with his personal life. And then eventually it ended up dipping into the job because he started like, I guess, performing terrible. And, and that's a lot. What happens is like your, your relationships, the things that you have at home, really, really enforce or control the performance that you have out in the world? Yeah. I mean, I've been heartbroken. I've been divorced. I've left relationships. Nobody really leaves me. Hmm. <laughs> I know I sound so obnoxious right now, oh, um, but they really don't. Maybe I just get out of it before I'm, I don't know, but I, I have good, um, good instincts, good spidey senses, I guess. And I know when something's over or when I'm not feeling it and when, um, somebody's not into it or they're whatever it is. And then you're like, okay, I need, I need to, to step out of this relationship because it does affect the way I feel. And it does affect the way I perform. Like, yeah, if you're like, love life sucks, like it's going to be sad. You're going to be sad. And I know I can point like a sad person. Like when I'm out there dancing and I see a woman who's just like looking down, like I want to go over there and help her. And I say, know. just, you know, do a few shots of tequila and come out here and dance. You'll feel so much better. I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding. Are always the cure for you. I'm, I'm half kidding. I'm half kidding. This has been a show about tequila so far, but, um, you know, it just, it does affect them. So would you say that you got most of your inspiration from your mom because she sounds so kick-ass? You know, it's funny because I, I, okay. The other thing too, is I feel like I'm good at maybe learning from other people's mistakes. And, oh. and that's something that is, I think is different between really smart people and just people that are all right is, is like being able to observe something and, and put it into practice into your own. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I definitely seen my mom go through some really tough things. I mean, a lot of different partners. I don't know yeah. if it was necessarily just her, 
But I just, I, I think it was just all the different types of relationships around me, but seeing what she kind of has gone through and also hearing all the stories that she would tell me, I mean, I really feel like I learned a lot about women through her. And then also I have a very predominantly uh, female, I guess, family in general. So it's just like, I've always just been surrounded by that kind of energy. So I've always just kind of been able to pick up on it or understand what was kind of going on. Cause I've always just been around it. So would you say you're in touch with your feminine side? <laughs> Jeez. I guess I, I guess I am. Listen, I, I, I love that. Eyebrows. I tweeze my own eyebrows. You know, I'm very, uh, I like to say I'm a little Metro. Okay. I have, I have to do, I have to have you do a shout out to the guy who does my hair. I told him you were going to be on the show and he's like, Oh my God, I love him. I love him. I love him. He's got, he's so built the way I need a man to be built. <laughs> and if you could just do a shout out to Sev, he is, he's a big fan. Shout out. All right. So, you know, yeah. You're amazing. The hair looks great. Yeah. His hair is amazing. Yeah. He's, he's really, he was so excited. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I love a man who's in touch with his feminine side. One of the questions I always ask a man when I'm dating him is a, what's your sign? I know that you might think that's corny. Um, I want to ask you about signs and, um, and do you have any sisters or, you know, how close are you to your mom? Because I know that if I, when I was dating if I met a man who disliked his mother and complained about her, I'm like red flag. That's another thing I want to talk to you about red flags. And if he didn't have any sisters or significant female females in his life, Mm -hmm. that would give me a red flag too. So how do you feel that, um, that way about men also, do you feel that it helps them if they do have some female influence? Right. You're saying kind of like a female kind of role model, like, or you said examples in their life, I think is very yeah. important. I mean, for me, definitely, I would say my mom, I don't have sisters, so I just never really had that kind of experience, but I am very yeah. close to her. And it is funny because like a lot of my cousins, so I'm Italian and my no God, shit. Like, I have a huge Italian family. You know, my mom has four or five sisters. So that's what I'm saying. I have all close aunts, uncles, and they have like four kids. Like you know, the Italians were just breeding like crazy. Yes. So I have like 23, like first cousins, but a lot of them are, are girls. So I've, I've always just been in touch with that side. And again, I think also um, in Arizona here, I, most of my friends, I would say, I would say majority of them are actually girls compared to guys. So I've just been kind of surrounded by the energy. And in regards to your question with men, just not having that around, I really do feel like that is true. You kind of have to understand um, you know, women at their core. And I think if you're not seeing them in your house very often, or you're not around them very often, I think it's very hard to understand that type of side of a person. And, and we're just so different as, as, you know, men and women, I know we all strive for this like equality and absolutely, you know, no doubt, but there are just some stark differences in the way that we are as people just naturally. So if you're not around that type of energy, I feel like it's very hard for you to be able to comprehend or understand what they're going through sometimes. I agree. I agree. So let's talk about what you do. Exactly. You started talking about relationships. You got into coaching. So do you just coach women? No. So anyone, honestly, it does not matter. I would say 90% of my clientele is women though. So mostly it is just me coaching women pretty much every single day. So that's what I'm saying. I am, I am pretty much hearing stories about women getting heartbroken, I I would say every 24 hours at the minimum, you know what I mean? So this is just like constant. Wow. Wow. So what is the number one, putting you on the spot here, what's the number one issue women are having or 
women, yeah, let's start with women are having in a relationship. What is it that the biggest problem women have? I think the biggest problem is women trying to deal with men that are not giving them true commitment or giving them mixed signals in some fashion. So it's, it's always just something around like, yeah, they're heartbroken or, Hey, I got this guy who I really like. And, you know, he tells me he doesn't really want a relationship or, you know, Oh, he's, he's, he's not giving me full commitment. Like, what do I do? I've been talking to him for eight months and I'm just like, you know, at some point you got to stand up for yourself. And a lot of the, a lot of the times that's, I feel like that's what the answer is for a lot of these women is they just don't have the self-confidence to understand that there is something better out there for them. And they just need to understand that, you know, they can find somebody that is going to give them true commitment and, and treat them properly and put them on a pedestal. It is just very hard when you find that person you really love and you really like, and you, and you put so much time and effort into them. I, I see a lot of women just make this mistake where it's like, they know it's a dead end and they just, they just keep beating their head against it constantly for months, weeks. You know what I mean? A guy could be telling them something and they just, they don't listen. They want to, they want to just try and stay because, you know, I think women just have this emotional tie when it comes to picking the person they like, right. When they, when they got one, they latch and, and it's really hard to break that, you know, I guess covering off them. And that's usually what my goal is to just kind of help them detach from this idea of them and really try to strengthen their self-confidence to be able to walk away from a shitty situation. That's got to be so hard. Cause I know I, you know, when I want something, I want something. And then you, you start believing that this is all this was meant to be. This is, this was supposed to happen. He's just, you know, he's too busy with work or, you know, I, I know that all the excuses too. And I've seen your, your TikTok, of course. Um, so what, how do you help them detach? Well, I think the biggest I mean, thing, I, like I said, I, I think making themselves aware of the issue just from a, um, you know, cause I'm able to look at the situation with the, you know, 50 foot lens. Right. So I have no emotions in the situation. And I'm watching that this guy who's pretty much just breadcrumbing. It's, I guess, a term that a lot of mm. people use is like giving her partially these bits of attention to kind of keep her on the hook, but never fully let her go. And I'm saying to her, I'm like, listen, you know, at some point, I just, I just try to convince women this, you got to be able to trade in good for great. You, you can't, you, you, yes, you have something that's nice and it's, it's fun in the moment, but if you want something great long-term, you want serious commitment, you cannot accept anything less than that. And the problem is, is that again, a lot of women, they, they want to accept this like attention that they're getting from men, but they're not realizing if you're just accepting just the bare minimum attention and you're not getting that full commitment and he's not giving you his full self, then, then you're letting him get away with it. And as soon as you do that, he's going to ride that out for as long as possible. You have set your price at that. You have set your price. You've let him know, hey, listen, I don't need full commitment. I, I'm okay with what we're doing because I'm willing to do it with you. So my goal is to try to convince him to say, hey, listen, if you actually want commitment from a man, and you want a serious relationship, there isn't anything under that. You can't accept less than that because as soon as you do, that's where you're going to stay. And so much of that has to do with the self-confidence and you talk a lot about self-respect. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of these times it's like these changes, they're, they're slow and insidious, right? You meet a nice guy, they're really fun. And the problem with a lot of guys is guys are going to show you effort. They're going to show, they're going to make it seem like they're in love with you within the first three, four weeks, whatever it is. But everybody's just going to say that they're trying to get you on the hook. That's what men do. I'm telling you because I do it personally, right? We love bomb. But the reality is, is no one really knows what their feelings are. And truly, I think the biggest problem is 
people are talking out of their ass because you really don't know who somebody is until at least the three month mark, sometimes not until the four or five month mark. So it's saying that you love somebody within the first three weeks, you are talking out of your ass. And, and that's the thing is a lot of women get convinced by this because again, they're, they're seeing the flowers or the effort or the dinners. And then next thing you know, you start hanging out, hanging out. And then the effort starts going lower and lower and lower. And it yeah. just spins out of control. I've seen it. All right. We are going to be take a quick break right now. We'll be back with Chris in a few minutes. So stay with us on Fearlessly Authentic. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody, to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm with my guest, Chris Nappy. He teaches men and women how to date confidently, how to get their self-respect back, and just be confident in their relationships. So we were talking before um, about the biggest 
mistake, quote unquote, mistake you see, or the biggest problem people have in their relationships. And so I want to go write down a bunch of things that you talk about on TikTok. Um, So here we go. All right. Let's start with the golden rule of confidence. Mm -hmm. So the golden rule of confidence is the actions of confidence comes first. The feelings of confidence come second. Um, and I read this in a book called the confidence gap, which, uh, by Russ Harris and, and this guy, I mean, that's probably my favorite book on confidence. Personally, I I've read it multiple times just because it's just really helped me out a lot. And if, and if you were struggling with your confidence and you feel like you're in a hole, I'm telling you, it's the, it's the perfect book. It's, he spells it out. Amazing. The Um, confidence gap you said gap by Russ. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it might be free on audible. I'm not really sure anymore though, but, um, an amazing book on confidence, but I mean, that's really, you know, the gist of the book is, um, you know, in order to do things or, or be confident, you, you need to do things that are confident first. And it, it's not the other way around. And a lot of people, you know, we sit here and we say to ourselves, man, if only, you know, if I was confident, then I would have done that. Right. It's like, it's not, that's not really true. It's like you really, whatever it was that you felt that way, you need to just be able to do it. Even if you're scared, he even talks a lot about in the book about really confidence about doing the things that you're afraid of. If you're afraid of something, you're actually, that is your, your mind and your body is telling you that's what you should actually do. Yes. Yes. And, and, and it's really hard. Um, because again, you're, you're, fearful. And, and the first thought is run, right? It's fight or flight, right? right? But it, you have to try to, you know, get yourself into a mode of fight, you know, take action when you feel those feelings, because that feeling is telling you the right thing to do. Even if you fail, it is what it is. And he gives a really good example about the first time you get on a bike. He's like, you know, the first time you get on a bike to ride a bike, right? It's, it's not like you're confident about riding a bike. No, you're like, oh shit, I, I don't know what this thing is. Like I got to get on and start riding. And that's the thing. As soon as you start pedaling, as soon as you start figuring out, you get on it a couple different times. Now you know how to ride a bike. And now you feel confident about getting on the bike. And it's really that simple about the things that you want to do in your life. Whatever it is, if you start doing it, there will come a point where you're like, you know what? I got this. I've done it before and I can do it again. It's all about experience. Interesting. I'm thinking about all the things that I was afraid of, which was a lot of things. Um, But even like, you know, we were talking about working out and being fit. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time, and I've been working out for 40 years. I remember the first time I went into the pit, you know, where all the guys are lifting heavy yeah. and so on. If for those of you who don't know what the pit is, right? Is that what they still call it? Um, honestly, I, 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 I like, I'm pretty sure I've heard the term. I haven't used it though. All right. Maybe it's like really old school, <laughs> it's but it's the area where the free weights are. And yeah. I remember I was the only woman in there and I was so scared. I knew what I was doing, but I was scared. And I've had clients who are afraid to go to a gym. That's why they come to me because, but it's every time you take that first step, you get used to it. You get more comfortable. You you're outside your comfort zone. And then you start working into feeling comfortable with being uncomfortable and go ahead. I was going to say, it's, it's crazy how you're saying that right now, because I think about it on my own to the gym. I don't even think about that anymore, but you know, when, if you take it back to when you're a beginner, you're like, man, you know, you're afraid to go in there. You don't even, I don't even think about that anymore. Right. Cause you know, right. I am, where I am. but before I'm like, wait a minute. Like when I was, 
in high school or in college, like I, I didn't like going in there at certain times or like when there was a lot of people at the gym, I, I try to avoid the popular times because right. I don't even want to see people when I'm working out. Right. Cause what if your form was bad? What if you're not lifting heavy enough? They're going to think yeah. that, Oh, you know, you can't do this or, okay. Am I doing this deadlift, right? Or this bicep curl or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that. So one of the things that you also talk about is anxiety, feelings of anxiety about leaving a relationship that isn't serving you. You're not happy. You need to leave whatever for the reason. How do you, how does somebody deal with that actually leaving if they're feeling so anxious about it? Man, this one's hard, right? It, yeah. it really, it's so difficult because I think that this is again, the crux of the the issue for a lot of people is, you know, we don't think that we're going to be happier alone. That's the thing is that we yeah. think that, you know, holding on to these relationships that are not serving us we just, we're like, you know what? This is better than having nothing. And, mm. and sometimes I need to explain to you. I'm like, listen, you, you need to try being on your own. Just try it. Just, I'm telling you, give yourself some space and some time, you know, block that person, go no contact and just see what happens. Give me three weeks of that and see how you feel. I it, it's, it's the same thing with the confidence thing. It's like, you're afraid. It's the fear. It's like, you need to take the leap. You got to take the action. And eventually you're going to become confident in being on your own. You're not going to wither away and die because you are not with somebody. And I'm telling you right now, if you hold on to the things that are wrong for you, you are not leaving room for the things that are right. And, and that's the problem with a lot of us is that, yes, again, we're holding on to these relationships and you know what, they might be giving us a little bit of attention. It might make us feel good for, you know, that little bit of a moment. But when you look at it and I ask people, I'm like, you know, ask yourself, is the relationship you're in more positive than it is negative? And a lot of the times, a lot of people will tell me, it's like, no, it's like majority of the time it's negative, but I, I get those little bits of positivity and it just like almost feels like it makes it worth them staying. But I'm like, listen, being alone is hard, but I'm telling you being with somebody that's not right for you is 20 times worse. I always say that I'd rather be alone than feel lonely in a relationship. So true. So true. And, and, and that's the thing too. It's like, oh, I just, I just want people to understand that there is better out there for them. And a lot of the times too, a lot of people just have experienced some really nasty, shitty relationships and it's all they're really used to. They, they can't even understand or, or comprehend that there is somebody that would actually look at them and treat them in a different way. Maybe they've been in a, a bad relationship for two, three years. It's very easy to hang on to that comfort because again, you don't really know anything else at that point anymore. You've been in it for so long. It is very hard to imagine yourself being on your own and and kind of getting that oomph. And I think that's what it is for me as as a coach is like, my job is not even just to convince you that, you know, doing the right thing, because everybody's gonna tell you, yeah, just leave, right? Right. How can I motivate people to take the leap to get out of a relationship and, and get them to hold that position for as long as possible? Because I know if I can get you to leave and I can get you into the right mindset and give you enough time and space away from that bad relationship, eventually you're going to start seeing it yourself. But it's just a matter of getting people to take that leap of faith and say, all right, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it. And the other thing is, too, a lot of the times with these relationships, when we have anxiety about leaving these bad relationships, uh, the, the reasons that I think I give people is like, listen, you could sit here and continue to sit in the shit. But the reality is if you leave, you're going to see if this person really truly gives a fuck about you. Anyways, right. you really only have one option. You leave, they either come back and tell you, Holy shit. I'm so sorry. I took you for granted or they never say anything. And that means they didn't care about you at all in the first place. So really I tell them you don't have an option and it's only a matter of time before you want to rip off the bandaid. It's sitting on there. It's up to you whenever you're ready. 
And I think probably, I think that's great advice, really good advice. It's just getting somebody to do it, giving them again, the confidence that you can leave. There is something better out there for you. And, you know, when we talk about bad relationships, I'm thinking that it's not just an abusive relationship. It just doesn't work for them. They're not getting the attention. They're not getting whatever it is that that particular person wants in a relationship. They have the right to have that and they shouldn't sit around waiting for that other person to give it to them. Right. And, and here's, what's interesting about that. Like for instance, for me, um, so I've been recently talking to this girl that I, I mean, really awesome girl has all the pieces. You know what I mean? When you look at her on paper, everything is great. Right. Is this Miami? Yes. Yes. She's beautiful. She's stunning. No, no. I'm saying like this girl's a 10, not even, it's not even close. And it's great because I mean, she's going to be a doctor. Like she's got her shit taken care of. There's just some piece that I just don't know if we connect on a personality level. And, you know, the more I hang out with her, the more I feel that. And that's what I'm saying is that you could have it all in a relationship, all the pieces, but it has to feel right to you. And authentically to myself, I don't know if that's the person that I should be with, regardless of how pretty she is, regardless Mm -hmm. of all the things that she's doing. If I don't feel that inside, it's like, again, we talk about this. It's like, you gotta, you really gotta listen to that voice inside because let me tell you something, whatever you're listening to and whatever doubts you might have or whatever, you know, you're calling and telling you, you know, something doesn't feel right. Again, it's only a matter of time before that is the, is the reason that you end up leaving. And the reality is I've held on to this relationship with this girl probably for a lot longer than I should have, because the reality is the writing is on the wall, but, but it's hard because even for me, he's a coach, right? Right. It's hard for me to leave the comfort. It's hard for me to look the, uh, a girl in the face. That's, you know, so fucking beautiful and look her in the face, and be like, I just, you know, I don't know if I connect with you as a person, you know, mm-hmm. it's so fucking hard to do that. And I'm sure the, the world thinks she's stunning and right. smart. And you're like, wait, on paper, she is perfect. She is a 10 out of 10, but that may not be right for you. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's what I'm saying too. It's like, you're never going to feel happy and fulfilled until everything inside of you is just aligned. Whatever that voice is. I tell people this with their career and with dating, it doesn't matter. If you, if, if something is telling you and you're like, something isn't right, or it's not true to who you are, listen, it, you are going to, it's going to cave at some point. So yeah. the longer you wait, that's on you. You're wasting your own time if you don't listen to that, but it is very hard to take that leap sometimes. And a lot of the times, you know, as humans, we tend to put off change because change is hard. Change is uncomfortable, change right? Change like, is really hard. I don't, I don't want to look this girl in the face and tell her, you know, Hey, don't stop coming here or, you know, d- stop hanging out with me because now I'm just going to lose somebody. And then I have no one else to go to, right? It's not like I have the, the next girl up. I mean, I'm sure I have options, right? But it, it's not really about that. It's, it's like, I know that I'm about to put myself and thrust myself into a situation where I'm going to be alone, knowing that I have somebody that is in love with me and is so beautiful. And it's again, making that decision is so fucking hard. It's not easy. Right. And this is your one life. You've got to do what makes you happy. Exactly. Uh, Oh, I had a question for you and I just forgot it, but it was about, um, I don't remember. Okay. okay. I like, I like that advice because I have all these, as you're talking, I have all these questions and I have all my questions written down also. Um, And I, I think that is the hardest thing. I remember when I was going through my divorce and it took me so long to decide because I had two children with this man and I just kept saying, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. And then finally, when I went to see a divorce attorney, he said, Jody, do it now because I know in 10 years, if you 
I know in 10 years, you'll come back to me and say, why didn't I do it 10 years ago? Because we know it's a gut feeling. And it's, I guess it's about listening to your heart or your head and your head is the gut part. And it's so important. We have to, and I remember promising myself, I'll always listen to my gut and you know what you can get into gut health and all that stuff, but yeah, yeah. we won't get into that. Um, and it's, I know you're going to bring up red flags at some point. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about them. Okay. So one thing I was just going to say is, you know, a lot of the times the red flags that we see and, you know, for me, for instance, in, in this current relationship that I've been in, right. It's like, we all, what love does is it, it fucks you up because the thing is we all see the red flags, right? We're all keen. We understand, you know, you see them, you're like, eh, you know, I don't know if this person is really like me, but again, they're beautiful. I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm lonely or, you know, I want a partner and right. I'm going to go explore. I share my life with somebody. Right. And, and that's the thing though. It's like, when it comes to the red flags, that's the thing that love does is love essentially helps you ignore the things that, or the reasons that you shouldn't be with them. That's really what it comes down to. And it's really hard because again, it's like, you know, what's probably wrong pretty quickly, or you have these feelings very fast. But the thing is, because you're, you know, infatuated with them, you let it string along. And then the problem with that is you, like you said, the, the divorce attorney to you, it's like, you could go another 10 years, but I guarantee you the, the same reasons you're walking into me today is going to be the same reasons you're walking to me 10 years from now. So yeah. it's only just a matter of time before you want to make the choice to be authentically to yourself. Right. Right. It's hard to ignore the red flags because you said brilliantly that it's love, love fogs everything up. Exactly. It's the feelings, right? You know, right. our emotions aren't smart, you know, as much as we like to think, you know, it, it, they're not right. Your, your brain is smart. Your, your heart is dumb. Your heart just, it, it wants what it wants, but it sometimes it's just really not the right thing for you in the long term. And I think that's, you know, the duality of humanity in general. It's like everything in life is about picking short term versus long term. That's what it really comes down to. And I may I say that about literally about anything you want to go drink short term pleasure long-term pain, right? You got to, you're going to be hung over, yes. you know, in the short term, you could give up the drinking, but you're now you're giving up the short-term pleasure for the long-term gain. And, and that's, you are literally as a human faced with that decision constantly. So for me, Miami, hot chick, short-term pleasure, right? Let's just be real short-term pleasure. Long-term is this the, the person that I need to be with for the rest of my life? No. But right now in the moment, it's fun. But it's like, again, what's that balance? Do you do you right. go for the short-term pleasures or do you go for the things that are, are long-term and a little bit more fulfilling? And at the end of the day, I don't know if there's really a right answer, but I really do think it's all about having some sort of balance, right? You know what I mean? And I think that's how people get addicted to certain things, whether it's drugs or even relationships and love. Right. Like you can get addicted to whatever, but again, you're addicted to that short-term pleasure and you're not thinking about the long-term. And it's very hard because that brain is the long-term. Yeah. And having that awareness, having yeah. exactly what you're talking about is having that awareness. Okay. I'm in this for the short term. I know this isn't a long-term ride for me. Right. And so, and one of the things you talk about also is why timing matters in dating. And it's kind of what you're talking about right now. Right. Yeah. And so I think, so, okay, that, that TikTok was specifically, I think geared towards the, the way that I was singing about relationships and men in general. And, and I, as I'm kind of getting older, I think, you know, when I was a little bit younger, um, I don't know this whole kind of time in my twenties, I haven't really been ready for a relationship. I keep 
trying to convince myself that I am. But the reality is it feels like I'm not where I want to be yet in my life. And, and when a man has that kind of feeling, or maybe a woman too, when you have that feeling that you're not done being accomplished yet, or, or you haven't hit the goals that you wanted yet, I think sometimes it's very hard to look at someone, whoever it is, and say that this is their person and this is mine. I, right. I For instance, like, I, you know, my ex that I met probably like two, three years ago, I mean, this woman was... I mean, we had some differences, but for the most part, there's no one that probably knows me better. And truly we, we are really great friends. And sometimes I think to myself, I'm like, man, well, maybe if I met her, you know, maybe in my thirties, maybe things yeah. would be a lot different than if I had met her when I was younger, because I wasn't ready yet. I, I wasn't accomplished yet. I, I felt like there were so many things I needed to do still. And I didn't want to look at her and say, you're my partner forever because I just was not ready. And I think a lot of men, it is a little bit of timing as much as we like to think that it's not, it's like, a guy or people need to be ready to say to themselves, okay, I'm ready for a commitment. I'm ready for love. And I think I have um, one TikTok talking about how like a lot of guys or a lot of people that aren't ready for relationships. Someone said like, why would you date if you're not ready for a relationship? And I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, you know, this is a cruel truth, but the reality is I think a lot of people date in their twenties or people that aren't ready for a relationship. They date because it's convenient. They date because again, it's, it's the short-term gain. It's like, I get the emotional support. I get the friendship. I get the sex, but I'm not giving you any long-term security because what I really need. And what we talked about even before is the confidence, the confidence that you have when you have somebody is so much higher than when you have no one, right? right. It's so much easier to go out there and do your thing because yeah, and you have someone to come home to because you're like, oh, you know, fuck it. If I fuck up, it don't matter because, you know, I got Sally at home. But when right. you got when you got to hit that bed on your own and you go put out content and it sucks that day, you're like, man, my life sucks. I'm not that dope. I have no one here to comfort me. Right. It's not easy. So I think a lot of people, again, the timing thing is like a lot of people date in the short term just for that emotional support. I think timing is really, really important. I know that I met a lot of men where I was like, no, I'm just not ready for you. Could you come back in five years? <laughs> you know, exactly. because you're just not ready. You're like, wow, you're so great, but not, not now, just hold off a little bit. And I think, you know, again, like having that awareness about yourself, knowing exactly what you're doing and being okay with being single, knowing that this person isn't for me is a really good point to make for yourself. If somebody has that self-awareness, um, Sex on the first date. How do you feel about that? Oh, man. You know, here's the deal. Yeah, I'm a big proponent and do what you want to do, right? I, I think that it's not impossible for you to meet somebody, have sex with them on your first time, and you guys make it. Do I think that you, as a woman, and I honestly, the reason I say as a woman is I think that you guys hold the access, right? I, I really do think that's what it comes down to. It's like, I feel like a lot of the times men are usually going to push that. Like I said, men are love bombers. We're going to show you all this effort at the beginning. Um, but I really don't give away your access for cheap. Yes. Yes. And, and, and that's the thing is that like, to me, it's like making somebody wait. Here's what you're going to do by making somebody wait. You're going to see their true intentions at some point, right? No one's going to be a, a person that just wants sex with you is only going to be your friend for so long, right? It's only going to be so long before they get fed up with the chase. And they're like, okay, I, I don't need this anymore. But if you make a guy hang out with you a lot and you're, you know, you're not sleeping with him and yeah, you're just having a good time with him. Two things are going to happen. Number one, you're just going to see if you guys are compatible on a friendship level, which I think is 
you know, by far the most important thing when it comes to your relationship. Let's yes. be real. Like at the end of the day, you need to marry or date your best friend. It, it, that's what it comes down to. It's like, again, the love thing screws it all up. But the reality is, is like, you need to be with somebody that, you know, when, you know, all the lights are off, the TikTok is gone, whatever. It's like, I'm, you know, maybe I'm 10 years older than I am now. It's like, I'm only going to have me and you in a room. I need to know that for the next six hours, I'm going to be entertained by you. Yes. And it's not just going to be boring and bland because we were together for the attraction and for the comfort. You know, I don't want to be with somebody where I can't sit and have uh, unlimited amounts of conversation with. I, everybody should, should marry their best friend. They really, or be, or date or be just be in a relationship with somebody that you can be yourself. I think I see that a lot that people maybe more my age didn't realize that. And now they're like stuck with somebody that bores them to death. So like they don't enjoy that person's. And so I'm glad that younger people are taking their time. I can't believe we only have three minutes left. Can we get a little bit more time? Um, All right. I want to talk about two things. Um, One is you're super fit. I mentioned that at the, I mean, beyond super fit, but why do you think it, do you think it helps being fit and healthy when putting yourself out there in the dating world? 110%. I mean, listen, right. At the end of the day, who doesn't want somebody that's on their grind taking care? I think fitness isn't even just like, I mean, yes, the aesthetics, of course, like, let's be be real. We're humans, right? Like a lot of the times people are going to listen to the person that's probably fit and taking care of themselves versus not right. Just because it's human nature. It it just is what it is. But beyond that, I think it just shows people an effort or a discipline. And there's a lot more to fitness than it is just like, you know what I mean? Just the look, right. It's just like, like that person could put the time and the effort and stay committed to something. Yes, 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 yes. That is totally what fitness is really all about. It's great. The aesthetics are amazing, but it's the discipline. And if you know that someone's going to put the discipline into the way they feel in their body and then look that way, because that's sort of what you get when you put the effort in, then they're going to do the same thing in a relationship that they care about, right? Absolutely. A good point that you threw in that they care about, right? Because it's not like just because they're fit, they're going to be a committed partner, right? Right. But but what it really comes down to is, you know, that they could stay disciplined about something. You know, there are some gym folks that I I feel like, you know, it is a little bit of like a a toxic discipline or again, only discipline is the gym. And to be honest to me, that's just not my vibe either. I don't, I don't care. That's a meathead. Right. But at the same time, it's like the fact that you could stay committed to a diet, you could stay committed to going to the gym. I, again, it's just, to me, that just shows you something different. And, and me personally, I mean, that's something that's big for me, right? If I'm right. dating someone and that's the thing, I, this, is what, this is what always happens when I date somebody. At the beginning now, it's always like, oh, I don't really want to eat. Like, oh, okay, yeah, let's eat healthy. Right, right, so, right. And then let's get two months in. Next thing you know, pizza is getting ordered, Doritos are popping out. I'm like, where was all of this? like two months ago. And like, I, I, you know, you went to the gym a couple of times when we were first started dating and I haven't seen you go now ever. Eventually someone's going to show their true colors about like who they are and their effort towards themselves. Well, there goes the authenticity and there goes, you know, be yourself, just be upfront and be yourself. Um, Okay. We have 30 seconds left. Um, You have to come back again. Tell me what it means for you to live a fearlessly authentic life. Oh gosh. You got 30 Um, seconds. uh, 30 (laughs) seconds. Okay. I got to rush it. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you're going to be happiest when you were, like I said, you were following that little voice inside your head. And that's all I'm trying to do as quickly as possible. I'm not trying to delay that at all. 
I love it. I love it. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I definitely have to have you back so we can go through a lot more of this stuff. Um, where, where is the best place people can find you? Uh, TikTok, I'm confidence, Chris on TikTok on Instagram. I'm thick daddy nappy. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I got a podcast called nappy and Jay. Uh, it's right there. Nappy and Jay. Um, so look up my podcast. It's on there as well. I also have Instagram and YouTube accounts for that as well. All right. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much for all of your info, for your time. Great advice. Chris Nappy, follow him, TikTok, every place where he is. And thank you so much for tuning in, everybody, and go live a fearlessly authentic life. Until next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 